I'm Phil Rickaby, and I'm a writer and performer, and I'm also an introvert. And I'm Jess McCauley, and I am a theater maker, and I am also an introvert. And this is the Introvert's Guide to... On the Introvert's Guide 2, we talk about the introvert life and how to live it to the fullest. We'll choose a topic and discuss it, as well as try to find other helpful hints on social media and the internet at large. If you want to drop us a line, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at introvertguide2, the number two, and you can find the website at introvertsguide2.com. If you want to send us a message, you can do that through the website, or you can email us at introvertsguide to stuff at gmail.com. And remember, we may use your questions or comments on an upcoming episode of The Introvert's Guide 2. And if you like the podcast and you listen on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving a comment and a five-star rating. Your comments and ratings help new people find the show. But even better, whether you listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, if you know someone that might like The Introvert's Guide too, tell them about it. Some of our favorite podcasts became our favorites because someone we know told us about them. So Jess, as we record this, we are, uh, this is like the first one that we're recording of the new year. Our listeners will have already heard a couple of episodes that we recorded last year because we bank episodes. And <laughs> But this is the first one of the new year. So it's a new chapter. There's so many new things going to be happening this year. If you get what I mean, Jess, she's pregnant. <laughs> so there, you know, we wanted to talk a bit about the first day of a new chapter. And <laughs> we all have those first days, whether it's the first day of a new job or the first day of, 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 I don't know, parenthood or <laughs> <laughs> there's so many first days of new chapters for all of us. What are your thoughts on first days? I, I never used to love them, but I think it's been more since um, like maybe my mid twenties, I live for a new beginning. I love new chapters. I'm not afraid of change anymore. Really? Uh, there's just something really exciting for hmm. me. And, and I don't know if that's just like, I just come from a small town. So yeah. <laughs> just, just, before go, nice. just, before, just before we go a little bit further, I need you to turn down the gain on your microphone. It's yeah. clipping a little bit. And I just want to make sure that we don't uh, blow out anybody's ears while we were uh, talking to people. I think I turned it down. Yeah, you're good. I think you're good. Oh, okay. Also, I think this episode gets released on February, February 2nd. Something like that. Yeah. Well, okay. something, Feb, Feb, something. Yeah, it's probably February yeah, 3rd. <laughs> no. Oh, good. Well, maybe. Anyway. I don't know. I mean, who, who can keep track of anything these days? New, like, okay, so. <laughs> <sighs> it's Again, March 2020 this is, still. <laughs> this, is, this is what happens when we've had a couple of weeks of not doing this. Suddenly we lose... <laughs> all sense of how this works no <laughs> no we're professionals <laughs> sure. yes. yes we are yes we are when it's interesting you say about about that you don't fear first days anymore could mm -hmm. you could you talk a little bit about that because 
for me, especially like if you're thinking about like a first day of a new job, that could be a very intimidating thing. Mm. It's it 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 can also it can almost be frightening. What like how did you get to the point where you were no longer I don't know afraid of first days? I okay. Don't get me wrong. There's still like some butterflies that I do get. Everyone is going to be to some degree nervous, but absolutely for me, it was just, I think I got to this point where I didn't, I change was so seldom that when I did start to get to my mid twenties, that I was really looking forward to change. And something in me had said, I, something in me had told me to hold on to that feeling it's a good feeling. It's something to be excited for. Even if the, it doesn't go the way that you planned, it's still a learning experience. It's something to take away from. And I just was so tired of wanting change to happen, but being so scared of it. And I think when I started my job that I, you know, I currently have now, I think that was the first time I actively went in and said, you are not nervous. You are going to be the new kid in class. <laughs> well, it's a workspace, but I felt I felt like a new kid at school. So, And I was just excited to meet new people. I was ready to embrace people. And, you know, I, again, I work at a pretty incredible theater company. So I, what wasn't to love about that? There were just too many pros. And even if something a change was going to come that may have been negative. As weird as it sounds to say, I now look for the silver lining. Mm. Well, you also, I mean, one of the big changes was the fact that you went from a job that you didn't like so much <laughs> to a job that yeah, when you leave something that you don't like to something new that you, you, you go in thinking, cause it's an improvement. I'm going to like mm-hmm. this much better than the other thing. It's so much easier to, to look at, look for the positive and to be excited rather than nervous. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. When I started my current job, which almost eight years ago now, I started I started this company. And the first day was pretty nerve-wracking just because I didn't quite know what to expect. I was starting with a group of people. So I think there were like seven people starting at the same time as me. So it was like, that was our cohort. And it was a pretty large cohort for the company. A lot of companies don't hire that many at once. And so this was sort of like a new thing, but it was like, we were being hired in a group. And so we were being trained in a group. And so it was like, very, all right, you're the new guys. You're going to go and do all these things together, which was kind of not my style. But, you know, I tried to go along, but, you know, so I went into it feeling really nervous. And the second day was just sort of a little bit more of the same. And then at the end of the second day at a new job, they're like, oh, by the way, it's the CEO's birthday today. So uh, we're doing a thing after work. And I was like, no, God, please, let's not do a thing. Good Lord, no. (laughs) No. But I did. I went and I stayed my requisite 30 minutes. Oh, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Thank you. (laughs) I, yeah, I don't know. I definitely felt comfortable saying no to the first uh, company hangout. I did not. I can't imagine it being, it was the CEO. How do you say that? What are you going to do there? You can't be like, you know what? I, you know what? I know you guys, I know this is like my first day here, but you know what? 
Not fucking into it. I'm out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, mine was just more so my coworkers were like, yeah, we're going to grab a beer. You want one? I'm like, I've been on the phone all day. I'm good. How do you handle change then? Like when it comes to something, something is starting. Do you have a ritual? Do you have affirmations? How does Phil Rickaby do it? I wish I had a ritual. I wish I had uh, affirmations. I'm more likely to be going to the new thing and on the streetcar kind of freaking out a little. Um, I should probably get better at that. I should get, I should probably be like, like have a thing, right? Um, you need a playlist. I need you, some kind of playlist. Like, yeah. I need yeah. some kind of like, some kind of like, this is a, your first day playlist, but I haven't had a first day in, in, in quite some time. I think there, there's, there's like, the the introvert thing is that if you know something about the place you're going to, and I think like, for example, on the first day of a new job, you don't really know what you're getting into, right? You don't know if there's like, what is the culture going to be? I know they talked about culture at the interview and they talked about what it's like, but what's it really like? Because sometimes you go to an interview and they're like, we're a family here. Everybody loves each other. And then you show up on the first day and everybody's like, look, fuck you. No, fuck you. And you're like, wow, this place is really toxic. And you don't actually know what you're going to get when you when you when you actually show up and you don't know who your coworkers are going to be. And you don't know anything, which are, you know, again, these are things that I don't know about you, but I hate not knowing about some kind of social gathering. Um Fortunately, when I started the new job, everybody was very welcoming. And so it was it was good that way. But no, I, I'm not really good at setting myself up for not feeling anxiety on that first day. But then it kind of depends because, you know, there are all kinds of first days. For example, you know, to bring it to theater like we so often do on a fringe tour, there are lots of first days. There's your first day promoting a show in a new city. Even if a city you know, a city you don't know, whatever. And you don't know how that's going to go. I feel more confident about that than I do about the first day of a new job because I know my product, right? I know what I'm, what I'm promoting. I know, I know what I'm doing. I think the difference between that and a new job is that you don't know what the job is really going to be like yet. And at least with a fringe tour, you've got two weeks and you are out of there. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You're not you're not stuck there for the long term. It's 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 relatively a short term commitment. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you. Shoot. Are you anticipating change anytime soon? God, I hope not. <laughs> Do you not like change? I don't like you. Listen, listen, I am not a I am an old man. I don't like change. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, um, if you work with me, now would be a good time to just skip ahead about like <laughs> 60 seconds or something. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I don't anticipate that kind of change. I don't anticipate a, a jaw, a move in my job right now one never knows what 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 the future holds i would i like to be able to be to 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 make a shift so that i'm doing more creative work yes but that's not that's not something that i'm actively doing right now so there's not i don't foresee a lot of change on the horizon for me at least Mm -hmm. i mean again we don't know what the future holds but that's not something that i'm going into this year planning for 
Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, sometimes change happens unexpectedly. Sometimes we plan it. I, I know I was, for me. I would ask you the same question, but I kind of know that there is some change <laughs> coming for you. So. <laughs> I know. It feels like almost like an end me. <laughs> Here's what I'm doing. You know what? Yes. Aside from... Aside from the uh, the impending life change I am about to experience, I decided that I wasn't going to do a New Year's resolution. I decided that, well, I mean, not I decided. We all know that New Year's resolutions are pretty finicky. We <laughs> tend to not stick with them. Let's be frank. <laughs> the amount of weight loss journeys I have tried to go on and failed. <laughs> like, come on now. I just want to break in for a second and just say I have never, ever done a New Year's resolution. Hey, and I now. Feel like, and I feel, that is... I feel like my life has been better for it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I envy you. <laughs> you live a good life, Rickaby. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Oh, that's a good. That's a good one. You're a good time. <laughs> I um, I oh man, it's almost embarrassing how many I've made. How many journal entries are like, well, journal. It's a month left <laughs> until the New Year. But I heard a really good piece of advice um a couple of years ago, which is. Instead of setting a New Year's resolution, why not set a goal for yourself that you start early? Mm. So start it in November, December, and this is something you're going to work up to. And that way in the new year, you're already in the mindset of working toward this goal. I thought that was brilliant. And then I decided to put my own spin on it and again, not put any sort of goal or time limit on what I need to do in 2022. I'm going on mat leave. Mm. I've got a year of, of not saying it's a vacation, but I am going to be home quite a bit and I need something to sink my teeth into. So I decided that my change, my new chapter, if you will, is I decided that I was going to apply for a writer's residency for a show I want to write. If I don't get it, then I have a deadline to reach to find a writer's unit. That's mm. the only deadline I said mm. is to ensure that I have some sort of accountability. I think that's the only other change I'm anticipating is mm. keeping myself more accountable because it's been, my goodness, it's almost been four years since I've produced something. Mm. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. that's going to be my first chapter. That's the new the new day coming of having something under my belt again. Oh my goodness. I miss theater, man. <laughs> of course. Of course. I mean, let's face it. We all do. One of the things about new year's resolutions. And I think one of the things that has always sort of one of the reasons why I feel like it's never really resonated with me is I think that the, one of the reasons why new year's resolutions often don't work is people make resolutions that they're going to do a thing that they don't really want to do. Mm -hmm. For example, you make a new year, new year's resolution. Like, you know, like uh, this year I'm going to quit smoking if you smoke. Right. And, and, and do you really want to No, you make the resolution because you feel like you should, but you don't want to I, this year. My New Year's resolution is I'm going to lose weight. Do you want to? Mm, kind of. But also, you still like eating eh. the things that you like to eat. 
I'm going to I'm going to go to the gym every day. And no, you don't because you don't want to do that. If you wanted to do it, you'd have done it. And so you set yourself up for failure. The closest I get to a New Year's resolution is I might sit down and I might say, here's something that I want to accomplish this year. And it's something that I want to accomplish this year. Not like, oh, I guess mm-hmm. I should I should uh, try to get rid of this uh, 50-year-old belly or something. Because I don't care about that. I mean, I care yeah. about it, but not enough to actually change my habits about the things that I like to eat and the video games that I want to sit on my ass and play. I have worked hard for this dad bod, and I don't feel like it's worth it to give up right now. But so I will say that, th- like, for example, like my goal this year, we've talked about this, is, you know, I did my my second uh, Christmas audio drama. Mm-hmm. And the one next year is I need to write that. I've, I know how I know that I need to bring up the first, bring together the first one and the second one to create one storyline that makes them a trilogy. And I know I have to finish writing it by August, but that's, mm-hmm. that's the closest I get to uh, a resolution because it's something that I, I'm going to do and I want to do. Absolutely. Like, I think it, like that's such a good way of putting it is when we are in charge of creating the change, mm-hmm. we idealize change. We romanticize it. I, I mean, yes, it would be great if I could go to the gym five to six days a week. It'd be mm. great, but I'm not interested in the gym. So maybe instead of, and let's just use that one for an example, but if I want to make a lifestyle change toward my health and toward longevity, then maybe it would be better to put more research and time into finding something that keeps me physically active. Yeah. So I had a friend that um, used to dance and they stopped for years and they decided I'm going to go to one hour dance class a week. Yeah. And they've been doing that long, not even as a resolution. It's just something where they said, this is what interests me. This is the dance style I want to get back into. And kudos to them. They're doing it. And then now they're back into dancing three times a week. Yeah. That's great. Absolutely. We, mm-hmm. If you're going to do something like a New Year's resolution or you're going to set a goal for yourself, if you're going to keep with it, it's got to be something you want to do. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you're just not going to do it. And then when you fail, you're going to feel like a failure and you hate yourself for it. So don't don't go down that road. Find something you like to do. For me, one of the things that I do, I mean, it, it's winter, so I haven't done as much of it, is I walk to work. It's about an hour's walk each day. And so I walk to work. And if I'm feeling really healthy, like I, like really energetic at the end of the day, I'll walk home. That often doesn't happen because I'm really tired. <laughs> and old. Um, but I, I, I walk to work every day and it takes about an hour. And that's that's sort of like one of the ways that I keep myself active. But I know that I'm not going to go to the gym. Like I went... I had the opportunity to get a membership. I got a membership. I went for the tour. I took the tour and I was like, I am never coming back here again. Does that gym ride with Schmoove Life? I have no comment <laughs> about what the name rhymes with. It rhymes with. Gotcha. Gotcha. You probably still have the free book on your shelf, don't you? I don't. I don't. It was like they got, I got a discounted membership from work, so I didn't get anything. They begrudgingly showed me around and. I was fine. I was fine. There was like, oh, there's those machines over there. I don't know how they work, whatever. Uh, <laughs> here's the weight room. And there was like the root weight area 
was like so full of testosterone. I was like, I need to get as far away from this shit as possible. Oh, absolutely. No, thank you. (laughs) Oh, so us as introverts, do you find that we avoid new chapters if we can? I mean, again, we, like we talked about last time or a couple of weeks ago, when you, when people hear this is, um, there's that, that fine line between introvert and, and social anxiety, right? And like we said, introversion and social anxiety in some level can go hand in hand, but they're not, they're not the same thing. Do I think that like, like reluctant, reluctance to start a new thing is, is part of introversion? I don't think that's part of introversion, mm-hmm. but feeling nervous or drained when the thing that you're about to start involves a social interaction and you cannot opt out of it. This isn't Mm -hmm. like a weekend party with your friends. Let's say if it's a new job, if you want to get paid, you got to show up regardless of how nervous you are. And so you have to find ways to do it. You have to, you just have to do it regardless of how nervous you are, or how many, how much you have to charge up the battery before you show up on that first day. And chances are on that first day, you have to act more extroverted than you want to, because it's the first day and you're trying to make a good impression. And so you put yourself out more and then you hate yourself afterwards. (laughs) Yeah, I am. Um, I you're right. I don't think it's more my introversion that'll hold me back from these things. It certainly will be my anxieties, which you know can overlap, but in these cases they don't. When I do feel myself being reluctant toward a new chapter or trying something new, I find that it it's helpful to imagine a new routine if I needed it. So if I'm starting a new job, if I'm starting, you know, a a theater, you know, some sort of theater project, I know that it's, it may either be temporary or it's for the long haul, but I do know that I need a tool belt going into this. I do know that it's important that I communicate with the people that are the closest to me. I do know it's important to keep them connected and engaged with what's mm-hmm. going on in my life. So how am I going to work them in my, my own hobbies? How am I going to work this in as well? So I think part of what eases any sort of anxiety going into these things is remembering that self-care is not just a recharge time doing what we love. Mm-hmm. Self-care is also remembering that the other things in my life matter How am I going to fit all of this in, make it all work together so that way when I ease into this transition, it's as smooth as possible? You know, we're talking about about how it is is generally social anxiety that keeps us from doing these new things and being enthusiastic about it. On the other side of that, I'm just, as we're talking about it, I'm thinking that, that the introvert can also be anticipating how much energy this new thing is going to take, right? If it's a first day on the job mm-hmm. or something like that. And that can be like a, I don't want to do all of that. You know, it's like, I'm going to be so exhausted at the end of the day or whatever. And that's something that that we might, that it, it you might not be nervous, but you might be anticipating how exhausting the thing is going to be. You really nailed my whiny voice, by the way. <laughs> I wasn't actually really trying to get yours, but I'm glad that I was able to well, nail it, it so completely. Coincidentally, that's exactly what I sound like. (laughs) I want to ask you about a non-work transition. 
that mm-hmm. I know that because we've talked about it. You have one of the biggest life changes that you can face coming up. How are you preparing or feeling about preparing about about parenthood? Oh, honestly, Phil, it, it, I you always hear these stories of people whenever they're going through this, they're like something just clicked in me and it, and, and right away I made the change. I haven't started thinking about the nursery how we're going to do this baby shower with all the protocols in, in motion right now, how, you know, what sort of parenting style are we going for? Like, you know, which I already knew, like I'm, I'm, I'm already a really good caregiver as it is. Like, I'm just going to put that out there. I'm already really good. I'm preparing by reminding myself every day and it's really hard to ignore as I go through a lot of physical changes <laughs> I haven't seen my belly button in a very long time. But other than that, no, it's it's looking over the baby registry. It's remembering that that I have to get to that bedroom at some point. Talking with Steve regularly every day about this baby and whether it be in some small way of going, isn't it going to be fun when like we get to go on our little family vacation next year? Or isn't it going to be great when, um, you know, when we put the baby to bed for the first night, when we get home, I've been looking up packing the hospital bag. I've mm-hmm. been, wow, I've actually done a lot more preparing for this than I thought. Never mind. I give myself a lot more credit now. There you go. There you, there go. you go. Good for um, you. Absolutely. <laughs> so I guess something did click, but it wasn't until recently. I think keeping myself engaged in the conversation and not just turning mm. off when it starts to feel hard. Sure. Yeah. I and mean, resting. The, the- I mean, the problem with, with when it gets hard is, 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 you know, as, as I've heard from many parents, you haven't hit the hard yet. No, not even, not even. I'm just enjoying my, my sleep right now. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is I haven't had a good night's sleep in a long time as it is. And I'm so thankful that the people around me know that. And they're so (laughs) okay with me going like, I'm so tired. Just leave me alone right now. That's good. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, things about, and you know, this is like, there's a lot to, you know, I'm, I'm sure that you're managing your anxiety because there's a lot, you know, there's, there's a lot to worry about and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But the question of, 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 of parenting style is like, I think that you can intellectualize parenting style and you can talk about it, but when it comes down to it, whatever your instincts are, that's, what's going to happen. Right. Oh yes. You're just going to, that's yes. just, you can talk about all kinds of high-minded ideas. We're going to be a family that talks out our problems and we're not going to go to, nobody's going to go to their room and we're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. And then when the chips are down, you're like, get the fuck into that room or whatever it is. You know, you're like, like you're not going to hurt your child, but you know what I'm talking about. Like no, it's the true. instincts take over. I, I nannied my nephew when I, I lived with my sister for a little bit and I nannied him like from the day he came home from the hospital up until like maybe about a year and a half. And I tried looking up as much as I could about childcare. Again, Mm -hmm. there's something already maternal in me. That's that I have that when I was trying to look things up and trying to remember them as best as possible, it would be, you would try it out. And then the kid would just be like, no, no. And like, just awful. (laughs) You're trying to keep your cool. And you're like, kid, you got to eat. Or kid, yeah. it's time to go to bed. Like, what are we yeah. gonna we have to go to sleep? Yeah. And you're trying to be as gentle as possible, but yeah, I'm ready to snap. <laughs> I'm ready to not guilt myself when it happens. 
<laughs> it's I mean, it's a stressful thing, right? Parenthood is not easy and it's not it's not something that that I mean, it. I was going to say it doesn't come naturally. It does <laughs> because it's there. You become a parent, but you have to work. You have to figure out like, what are my instincts in this situation? And so that's 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 yet another thing on the whole layer cake of things about parenthood is you can talk about parenting style and then basically you'll turn mm-hmm. into your parents as soon as you are faced with with that. Oh, that can be such a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> it really there's, depends. Yeah. It really, really you know, does. I mean, there's there's the parent's curse that is often wished on many a child, which is I hope that you have a child that's just like you. Oh, see, I have nothing to worry about. My mommy and daddy are perfect. They I listen see. to this podcast. They listen. I see. I see. <laughs> I see. <laughs> I love you guys. Outside of work and impending parenthood, what is a uh, a change that you were faced with that that you were faced with that that you had to to prepare for and go into, and how did you deal with it? And it doesn't have to be a recent example. No. Oh, thank goodness. Mine would be moving away from my family for the first time. I left my hometown and, well, moved back, but I left my hometown to go and be with my boyfriend, who is now my husband. And we wanted to start a company together. Oh, it feels very happy for me. (laughs) (laughs) It was like a a stupid awe face. Yeah. Yeah, we I left my left my town. I went to go be with him. We wanted to open up a company and it was a change when I told him I was looking for places. I was, you know, like I'm sending him apartments and asking him like what is this area like? Is it close to where you are? And the change hit me when he said, "I don't know why you're bothering. You could just move in with me." <laughs> I know. Ooh. And then I kind of just went, yeah, why don't we just move in together? You know, why not? I don't recommend every couple do this. Move in together so soon into your relationship. But I had already stayed at his place a couple of times for like about a week or so. And like, I think we already had kind of a good groove of what we would expect from a roommate, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. So I think when he offered to let me move in with him, it suddenly became very real when I had to start looking through my stuff to make sure that we could integrate (laughs) smoothly, (laughs) which it worked out really well. It did. That's good. You know, one of the things about moving in together and and it doesn't always like it, it can be hard to integrate a house, right? But it can also be hard. What you did, it worked out for you guys. But in in a lot of cases, if you if one person moves into an apartment that is already occupied. So, for example, Mm -hmm. if I move into my girlfriend's apartment, it's already her apartment. Mm -hmm. Right. And in some ways, because we didn't set it up together, it's still always going to be hers. And so if you can and it works out, it's great. But a lot of times it doesn't because you're on this this. even unconsciously you've moved into somebody else's space and you're trying your best to make it yours. Mm -hmm. But in many cases you, you can't actually do that. So while it can work, it's also sometimes a really good idea to make, to, to like just move into a new place together if you can. 
for you guys, it worked out great. And for a lot mm -hmm. of people, it does. But for other people, it just, you can't get past the fact that you are now in the other person's space. And no matter how hard you try, it can't ever really be yours. No, it's so true though. Like what a risk to take. I, a completely different city where I didn't know anybody and it's his place. And mind you, we were living in a house with four other roommates. So we had the room in the Shit. basement. Oh yeah. That's, oh that's, yeah. Yeah. I was so lucky to already be getting along with these roommates and they already were okay with the idea of me moving in. That's good. Absolutely. I got lucky. So again, I don't recommend this to everybody. Um, oh my God. I just have to say like the, I, like if for most people, if your boyfriend says move in with me and my roommates, you should probably run. I lived with five boys at one time <laughs> and what an adventure. <laughs> I'll bet it was an adventure. You were a very brave woman. I was the day I moved in. I remember I remember moving in and it was a couple of days I was there and everybody was gone to work. I hadn't gotten a job yet. And <laughs> I cleaned the kitchen, the bathrooms. I cleaned everything top to bottom. And when they got home, their faces were wonderfully priceless. I hope that after that, I really hope that after that, you said this never happens again. <laughs> no because we know who i am i love cleaning <laughs> i just yes. i just cleaned only the bathroom i was using okay that was good. the only and i was i was at one point ready to tell them this is my bathroom now <laughs> okay you're not allowed in here <laughs> it was a good time but yeah like going back to the day i actually left I am very close with my mom and dad. So to have them drop me off at the bus station with my boyfriend, because Steve had come down to help me grab my things and then take me back to see my dad tear up the way that he did. And my mom just there until the bus actually took off was so incredibly hard. I called them every day. I, mm -hmm transitioning into that there was nothing that could have made me ready for it no matter how much preparation and mm. it's same gonna same's gonna go for when this baby gets here yeah as much as i can prepare there are some things i will not be totally ready for no of course not of course you can't actually prepare yourself for that and that's one of the things that's that's super difficult about parenthood and about most first days most changes you can try as hard as you can to be prepared, but you cannot be prepared for all the things that are mm -hmm. going to happen. Getting married was also another another big change. Like, oh yeah, like you know, you're you're. I was curious, like, were your parents? Which was harder to watch for your parents? You moving in with Steve, or you getting married to Steve? Me moving. Yeah, yeah, it was. It, it's because when I was getting married. It was such a bonding experience for us. I think the, you know, I think it was just, I mean, again, we had done three months of planning for a wedding that should have taken a year. Mm -hmm. And to have them so close and a part of the process and really make this a family experience, mm -hmm. I think was more rewarding than anything. Now, again, 
when I went to go out to see my dad and he got the first look of the wedding dress, <laughs> I can still see the little gasp of breath, like the, and then, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, then the crying and then I cried yes, and then, and I don't cry who, I don't do that. Here, I mean, did you have to do that whole thing where you like wave your eyes to make sure your makeup doesn't, doesn't, uh, doesn't oh, run or. Okay. Funny story. I had my bouquet in my hand. And I did that, and I might have whipped a flower at my face when I did it. <laughs> the photographer did not get that, and I was actually kind of upset because it was awesome. <laughs> that's 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 an action shot right there. It really was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the like changes are. I remember when I the first time I moved in with with roommates uh, i graduated from school and I, I as soon as i was out of school i found i got an apartment and it was by myself and i could afford it at the time and then you know toronto happened and i couldn't afford it anymore so i got into i i you know i moved in with roommates and they were friends of mine like we were really close friends and we had a great time i would never live with anybody else. they were like the only roommates like partners is another thing but roommates they were the probably the only roommates I would ever have, have moved in with. And we just had a great time, but this was like introvert me trying to move into a place with people that yes, I knew, but you don't really know somebody until you live with them. And so there was a lot of nerves around that. I tried to focus on the good things on the things that were fun about these people that I was moving in with and not try to think about the, but what if they secretly suck? Fortunately, they didn't. Oh, that's lucky for you. I my I've lived with a set of roommates before that I absolutely adored. We got along. It was great. Even still, though, my anxiety moving in was not just what if they suck. It was what if they don't have the same cleaning standard as I do. Oh, well, uh, who and, could? And who possibly did. could, Jess? They really didn't. <laughs> who possibly could? Do you know why <laughs> I really enjoyed living with Steve the first time? Did he clean too? He cleans. Okay. When, when we were dating very early on in our relationship, and I know he, I love telling the story, how he asked me to dinner was, do you want to go to a restaurant to eat with me? And in, in that same inflection, I was like, do you mean go on like a dinner date? And he's like, yeah, 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 that, that. The second time he asked me to dinner was more comfortable. It was, I want you to come over and I want to cook for you. And I came over, we actually were in a show together at the time. So I came, we, you know, we both went over to his place after rehearsal and he told me just to sit down at the table to do whatever I want to do. He got me a drink and we, you know, he just, just was cooking and he was telling me what he was doing. And I was like very impressed with not only just the food and how he put it together. It was the fact that a, he cleaned as he went so that was already like something where I was like, oh, okay, hold on a second. This dude's special. This one's special. Then it was after we were done, he cleared the plates away, made sure everything was dried, put away, floor was swept, countertops wiped off. And then that's when I went, that man is my husband. I'm <laughs> going to marry him. <laughs> we would, are soulmates. <laughs> you uh, absolutely. I would just like to point out that essentially the first time he asked you out, he asked you out in the manner of Buddy the Elf. 
He did. He did. It was so cute. <laughs> he was like one step away from saying, we don't have to like eat at the same table, but like, <laughs> it was so sweet. That's very sweet. That's very sweet. He's a good guy. <laughs> um, in terms of change, if you were to try to give somebody advice about change that they were facing, something new that was happening, how would you give them advice about how to proceed? Ooh, that's tough. Um, I've had friends ask me for advice and it's always a, it doesn't matter whether the situation is a good change or a bad change. For me, I always like to remind whoever's asking for the advice is just remember that you are going to be a different person coming out of this. You are going to change in some way, no matter what, for the good or for the better. Depending on what it is, and I don't want to go too deep into something that could be like a really serious life change and it could be bad, but going into just a generalized piece of advice, try not to try not to anticipate how you can make the better of it. Now, I know at the beginning of this podcast, I said I like to look for the silver lining and things, but those are for things like, you know, brand new year, going into a new job, trying out a new project. But any change that is not in your control, try to not control it. Allow it to happen. Allow yourself to allow yourself to change because of it. Again, like I said, you're not going to be that same person. And that's the exciting part is no matter what it is, you're going to learn something. Your life is going to be more enriched because of it. And the more that you fight that and the more that you think that, you know, this is really scary. I don't know what I'm going to do. It doesn't matter. You're going to experience it no matter what it's going to happen. It's inevitable. So just walk into it knowing that you are going to come out of this someone else and it's going to be for the better. I, I absolutely agree. One of the things that, that I would suggest, and I don't know if you, if you do this, I know that I do is sometimes I will get caught up in a what if, and it's not a what if it's awesome. It's like, what if I fuck this up? Like, what if I say the wrong thing? What if I do this? And that thought will start to like balloon in my head until it's all I can think of. And I've had to work very hard for ways to combat that because you know what happens when that thought balloons in your head? You're up until 3am. Also, that's the thing it? that you're very likely to do. Like, <laughs> For example, if their name sounds like a funny word and that's how you're remembering it, but then you think to yourself, but what if I, what if I say the funny word rather than their real name? Oh my God. What if I call them by that funny name that I'm using? To remember? Oh my God. Oh my God. What if I do that? And it takes over. And then you know what happens when you show up on that first day? You say, it's a pleasure to meet you, Mr. Penis. It's really, and then you're like, oh my God, no. That's not something that ever happened to me, by the way. And we want to say. I was about to ask. Not, I, it's not you... something that happened, but I'm using that as an example. Mm -hmm. that, so if, if a thought about how you could screw it up is starting to take over your brain, remind yourself, especially if it's a first day of a new job or something like that. Remember, you're there because they chose you. Mm-hmm. You're there because they want you. Therefore, put that thought out of your head. If, if it's something you're worried about, don't call them by their name that first time. Don't. 
Just don't. Just just let that go. Remember, don't let those thoughts poison the fact that you were chosen, that they want you there. And remind yourself of why you're qualified for that job. Mm-hmm. And that that you won out against hundreds of other applicants. Don't ever ask how many applicants. Don't ever ask how many applicants. But just think of hundreds of other applicants. That's that's something I can I can fathom. A hundred other applicants were up for this job, even if it's like 50 other applicants were up for this job. But if somebody's like, yeah, we had 700 people, I'll be like, ah, I'm going to fuck everything up and they're going to go with somebody else. But you can like mitigate that and just think about the smaller level and just think about the fact that you won this job and, and they're, you're the one they wanted and put everything mm-hmm. else out of your head. Just get rid of the expectations and tell yourself you're just going to go with the flow. That's yes. The what if situation, exactly that, let go of it. Because the more that you think about it and the more you keep saying the what if, what if, what if, what if, yes, it's going to happen, but stop that train in its tracks by just saying, okay, if it does happen, what are the chances of a, of that actually happening? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also if it does, it happened. Yeah. I, yeah. The other thing is that, we have a tendency when we what if, we don't what if about good things. We what if about bad things, mm-hmm. right? And that's just human nature. But if you find yourself what ifing about bad things, try to what if about some good things. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just, what if the day goes really awesome and everyone likes me? Even if it's just that. Mm-hmm. That can be enough to get you in the door and to put that worry out of your head. And if you're not used to doing that, I would suggest finding a way to remember to do that. Because so often we excuse ourselves from finding the good in things because we're trying so hard to manage a problem that's not there. We're trying yeah. so hard to jump in, you know, get in front of that train and stop it, right? And it, it's there's no use in doing that. There's no use. It's just... Find a way to affirm to yourself that what if the good thing could happen? Because I'm capable of a good thing happening. Here's another suggestion. Think about this. If a friend came to you and they said, I'm starting this new job, this new thing is starting, and this is what I'm worried about. Think about what you would tell them. You wouldn't tell them. Yeah, you're probably going to do that. (laughs) You wouldn't say that to your friend. And you would would be like, no, you're not. You're awesome. You would say so many amazing kind things to that friend that you don't say to yourself. So think about yourself as a friend who has that problem and give yourself that, give your friend that pep talk. That was really sweet. I just like to say that was a really sweet piece of advice. (laughs) I liked that a lot. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to think about that the next time I like, you know, I'm trying to take down my chocolate intake. If I wouldn't let a friend do it, would I let myself do it? (laughs) Would you let yourself cut down your chocolate intake? I say you should not. You should not. I'm pregnant. I deserve this. You deserve it. (laughs) And even after you're pregnant, you push the baby out. You deserve it. I deserve all the cheesecake in the world, which over the weekend, I ate an obscene amount of cheesecake. That's okay. You better make sure you care. Make sure that you have some ready because you know what? You push the baby out of your body. Whatever you want, you should be able to have. I need a medal. <laughs> I'm getting 
getting a medal do? after this. Get a medal. Even if they make, yeah. even, get, even if Steve just makes it out of like like tin foil and like makes the post baby out metal, you, you like put it on. You know, you get the baby. post baby out <laughs> on the metal. Just like do the thing and like put that up on the wall. Like yeah, you'll, get you'll forget somehow that you did it. I know. <laughs> like you need oh. something to commemorate the fact that you had a baby. It's not just the baby. No, it's so true. I like look at my kid and I go like, "Oh yeah, that happened." Oh, oh yeah, shit. Totally I have one forgot. of those. You're God. here. <laughs> when was the last time I fed you? <laughs> you look a little small there, kid. What's happening? <laughs> What's up? What's up? <laughs> that is not a thing that's going to happen. You have that's not. No. A thing that's 